The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, we're going to kick it off right away. Exergy do's and don'ts. Chris, what is your Exergy do or don't this week? You know, anytime I get a customer or anyone inquiring about, you know, a high-end build, high-horsepower build, or even a stock build, quality parts. So uh, I would say if you're looking to build your truck for the long haul, use their injectors and use their pumps. I love it. I love it a lot. That's really, really good advice. If you're looking to do a any sort of a build, fuel system components are expensive. Uh, don't go buy cheap shit and have to redo it twice. We've seen that happen too many times. Yep. Uh, definitely go for the Exergy components. They're going to cost you more than the knockoff cheap Chinese O'Reilly's crap, uh, but they're actually going to work the way they're intended to. O'Reilly's so. is great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. I would say the Exergy don't for this week is going to be the same one we had, I think, a few weeks ago, Chris, and I think it was just so good I wanted to repeat it, and that's don't run two-stroke oil in your LB7 to get rid of the haze at idle. Hell yeah. Been there, done that. (laughs) Don't buy a truck for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, that is a good one. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I just had to. <laughs> Fucking Chris. Oh, man. It's so funny because it's true. All right, we are. <laughs> 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 we are talking about the 2018 Ultimate Callout Challenge. We have back with us uh, James and Chris from the UCC. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for having Good. us. Thank you. Absolutely. Not a problem. We're really uh, appreciative for you guys to take some time out of this long trip, stop in the shop here. Uh, we walked around and checked out a bit of the building. What did you guys like to see over here at Duramax Tuner in the shop? Oh, it's an amazing facility. And to see how many turbos you guys can kick out day after day is really impressive. I think I was most impressed with how far along your UCC build was. <laughs> yeah, that was real fucking funny, wasn't it? That was real fucking funny. We have a fucking comedian here. Yeah. So I, what I, would you... I loved all the turbos on the pallet next, <laughs> next to it. That was truck. awesome. So you yeah. see we're organized. Yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> we, uh, the triplets. You know, I, I, I want to say we got the truck back at our shop on like the, the – the 8th or 9th, right? When was UCC last year? Yeah, right around there. Okay. Uh, it's sat there ever since. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah we, we took the truck. So so for those who don't know, uh, Calibrated Power put together this really awesome Cummins build. Chris, tell them a little bit about the build. It's a Cummins. It's a big block Cummins. It's a semi-engine and a pickup truck. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Three S500s. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Just well, it was shit. a big deal. The rods didn't like it. Right. So what happened two days before? Yeah, it put a rod through the block. A couple of them, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hanging, just yeah. chilling there. Uh, they decided that's where they'd rather be. So we we hauled the truck to the UCC. We parked it down at the alligator booth. A uh, lot of fans, uh, which we were really appreciative, came over, asked uh, uh, Jim Rennett a million questions about it. Superstar. And wasted all of his day. It was amazing. I loved it. Yep. And then uh, we brought the truck back. We tore the engine out of it. And we set all the parts on a pallet next to it or in the bed. And we are just waiting for that next step of doing something. The next step. What is the next step, Paul? Um, we're going to wrap up the next step and say it's it's finishing the build. Yeah, so That's, that's the whole next step. <laughs> 2016, we plan on coming, never made it. 2017, plan on coming, the truck didn't want to make it. So third year's a charm. Yeah, like, we're doing it this I, year. I believe it. We're going to go it. hang out and watch this thing compete. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> but, but enough yeah, about that. Enough about our truck. We want our listeners to find out more about UCC. Maybe you didn't listen to us last year. Maybe you're living under a rock. Um, we don't know, but we do know that this is... 
This is fucking it for Diesel. Like, this is the biggest event of the year. This is the Super Bowl. I, I have the, the biggest and smallest swinging dick in the industries <laughs> right here. Oh, wow. Who wants to tell me what the hell is the, D, the ultimate call-out challenge? I almost said Diesel Performance Industry Expo, but I yeah. meant the ultimate no, call-out cool. call challenge. challenge. Uh, the ultimate call challenge, what we did a couple years ago is uh, – we run the Northwest Dino Circuit too, so as we were doing events back east, and and you had the the Dimitri and, and Industrial or out west, sorry, Dimitri and Industrial competing <clears throat> in the Dino Circuit, just really starting to make big numbers. Here back east, people were saying the Dino's numbers were inflated because of elevation and correction factor and that sort of thing. So, as a byproduct of that, uh, we decided to reach out to a couple competitors whether it was industrial or around where we were back west and then a couple of the bigger guys back east and and really just got a couple of them said, hey, if we put this event together, is it something you guys would be interested in? You know, that way we could have, you know, the the Ryan Millikens, the Derek Rose, the Levons, you know, industrial with Baca and industrial's truck and Dimitri and, and all in the di- dyno at the same time. And and then there's no correction factor, you know, that that all be thrown out the door once we get that done. And, and we did that. The cool thing was the first day, the first day of the dyno, we actually stuck, I believe it was Firepunk's tow truck um, up on the dyno, and it was the the first time we got the the brand new Superflow dyno. Yeah. Just had a nice, really big one built, biggest loads, biggest eddy currents they could put on it, widest rollers, you know, the biggest thing they could make because we knew we'd be handling power. So <clears throat> we put them up on there, and, and I believe we were within about 20 horsepower of what they were making back home or, or something really close. I mean, you're talking not even a percent. Yeah. And that was with the correction factor because we're almost 5,000 feet above sea level back there. So that really was nice to be able to and, – and don't get me wrong. You can cheat a dyno by messing with correction factors. You guys know sure. that, I'm sure, yeah. from here. It's it's easy to manipulate. But if, if they're done right and the per- person running it's you know not adjusting anything, they're designed – that's what that correction factor is, is, is you're not at sea level. You're 5,000 feet above sea level with this air density. This is what your power would have made. Right. So, and that 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 was cool to see that we were able to do that. Plus, you know, these competitors came out swinging like crazy. And you had the first couple just, you know, two thousand horsepower across the board. So, that, <laughs> which everybody in the industry was trying to be that first one to that two thousand horsepower. So it was really cool to see those guys come out and really put on the show for the the attendees. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the one thing guys forget often about a dyno is it's not a ruler as far as a measuring tool goes. It's a comparison. Right. So it's not like one ruler is always the same. It's to say that, like, we can get it pretty close. Like you said, like, we can look no matter what dyno you're on, we should be able to run the same test and get the same result, regardless of elevation and things like that, because yep. you should be able to adjust for it. Correct. So, really, the ultimate call out challenge kind of came out to settle some disputes, is, is my initial Dude, understanding. That's yeah, really the East history Coast, behind it. Yep. It was dyno numbers. Uh, what they were seeing on the Northwest Dyno Circuit back west, many thought were inflated numbers. But once you, once you got them all there, those numbers that, that industrial and those guys were putting down were just, just big numbers. They were just a lot of yeah. fucking power. It didn't yeah, matter where they were. Yeah. The changes over the last three years from power when everybody was trying to hit 2,000 to now, you know, <coughs> 2,700 is just crazy. I mean, fuck, yep. man. What these competitors four, are doing. Four or five years ago, it was 1,000 horse. Yeah. Right. You know, 1, that was a big horse. thing. Yeah, 1,200 horse. Literally overnight, 2,000 horsepower. Now we're almost eclipsing maybe 3,000. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's possible. Oh, yeah. Is somebody going to do it this year, do you think? Oh, that's just a ton. I mean, that's a that's ton. That's a loaded I, fucking I, question. I, I asked everyone last I, year. I think it'll be close. Like, uh, I think if there weren't a few, 
they would have been closer, I think, this year. Um, you just had people going out of the box and trying something new with what, like, Levon tried to do. And then Industrial, I think, had some tranny issues. But there's some guys that are really right there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they could be really close, honestly. I mean, I think if somebody can keep it together, the the they know how to make the power. Yes, I think they can make the power. It's trying to. I think it'll be. It's become more. They know it, you've got to survive all three days, though, too. So, are you really going to go out and throw everything at it if you don't need to? Well, this is what we're seeing. Is we're seeing a change in competition. The ultimate call out challenge. I think year one, everybody's thought was just make a lot of power and show up and yeah. give it everything you can at every event, and and you're gonna you're gonna do well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that was true or not, right? I, I really don't. Year two, we started to hear a lot of guys talk about strategy. I had the pleasure of interviewing quite a few competitors before um, and a few at and even a few after the event. Uh, a lot of guys had the idea of, of kind of closer to like Diesel Power Challenge where they're like, I need to make it through all of the events. I need to stay together. That's what a lot of guys, I would say, told us last year. I'm kind of interested to see what the plan is because even a lot of the guys who said, my, my only plan is to stay together and compete in all three Everybody who did that did well. They mm-hmm. ranked in a very nice place. They were happy with how they walked away from the event. Um, however, none of them won it, right? Like, like no. to be honest with you, like, none <laughs> yeah. of them won it. And, like, let's be real. Like, it, it's a competition. It's the biggest competition of the year. You, you got to want to win this, you know? And, like, that's what I think is really exciting. It is, as you had mentioned, though, it's an evolving industry it's an evolving sport it's it's an evolving event to where we're seeing changes come up every year and, and that's really really interesting to me so we all know that this is a drag race sled pull and dyno event uh you'll compete in all three there is some mathematical equation there's an algorithm if you will that will assign points based on where kind of everybody did so it's graded basically on a bell curve if you've been in school recently um it, it, he lost. It, it, I'm out. <laughs> uh, but but basically, if you do really really well in one event and everybody else does poorly, you get a lot a lot of points, a lot more points than oh. everybody else, right? Um, if everybody groups up in the middle, everybody will have a similar amount of points assigned. Uh, is, is the most general way I could describe that. Uh, but it's not your normal drag race event where there's a a 12-0 index or there's you know the an ET class or there's a bracket on it. It's literally just go as fast as you fucking can, right? Yep. Yep, but we give them as much time as possible. So at most of your drag races, you you get called up, you whether it's in your class or not. Hey, you've got to be here, you got to go. Well, we're trying to give these competitors all day. So they're going out making a test it. They want to adjust this. You know, it gives them time to do what changes they need to do cuz we want them to run their best time. That's why it's up to them if they want to run heads up against against another competitor and I think you'll see maybe a little more of that this coming year which would be really cool yeah. to see the, some of those guys. Yeah. But it still gives them time to go back in their pit make the changes they see they need to do for the chassis, you know, depending on what this track does versus where they're back at home to really help them be able to deliver for all of us the the best product they can, you know, let them run as fast as they can. Well, that's one of the things that's really interesting to me is that they get to make multiple hits and like you would think like, oh man, what a great opportunity to dial in and have your best possible run be the one that counts because it doesn't matter if they try it once or if they try it a hundred times. Yep. It's literally just the best one on record, Yep. right? Um, there's also that thing of like we were just talking about, like hot lapping your truck all fucking day, 12 hours of hot lapping it. When do you call it quits? You know, like who's going to be the guy that's out there that's trying to shave a hundredth off of his time 
and ends up smoking it. Mm-hmm. You know, and we saw that last year. Where we saw people have catastrophic failures on day one. Is drag racing still the first day? Yeah, drag racing will still be. It'll be the same format. So you have yeah, drag yeah. racing the first day for the the UCC guys. Uh, the dyno will be the second second day for the UCC guys, and then it'll finish up with the sled pull. I love it. That's awesome. And we got big news about the sled pull. This year, the sled pull will be put into the circle track, so there'll be a lot more room for the fans to watch it, the stadium and stuff like that, rather than out where it was last year. If you came out, and we we brought in all those bleachers last year. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That was us. We brought them in, and we thought, well, we'll bring in enough bleachers to sit 8,000 people. That should be plenty. No. It wasn't. It's so, <laughs> uh, we, a good problem. Yeah. It was a good problem. But we do have it out in the circle track, which makes it nice. You know, the nice part with the UCC and for the fans is where you you do have them running all day. You know, they can watch them run. They can go to the expo. Everything is just right there. There's so much to do with the competition going on from, you know, all day long. Absolutely. Well, that's one of the other big changes this year. And we're, we're going to circle back to talk about some of the rule changes here. Uh, but there's also this this qualifiers thing that's going on throughout the entire event. Can you fill us in a little bit about the qualifiers? Yeah, what we wanted to do is, is give – more people a chance to be able to compete in 2019. Um, it becomes real hard. I mean, how do you sit there and pick certain people can or can't compete? I mean, there's a lot of people that are qualified, you know, and there's a ton we don't know about. Right. So this way, <clears throat> what, what our thought is, is so the top 10 from next year will automatically be in 2019. They'll, they'll have their spot. And so we're going to try to set up a few qualifiers. The first one will be at the UCC this year that the top five will then qualify for next year. They'll have their spot too. So between a couple of those qualifiers and the top 10, it'll still leave us a few five or 10 spots that we can plug in with, say, someone we know just had a catastrophic failure and didn't finish, but they want to again. We can plug them back in. So that way it helps keep that level of competition just up there for the fans attending it. Well, I really like this idea. So basically what you're saying is if I'm an amateur, I'm not a shop owner, but I got a badass build, or maybe I'm a smaller shop owner and I'm not known nationally, or I don't go out to a lot of nationally ranked or national focused competitions. You guys might not know about me. I might not have gotten in in the past. Cause I think when we first interviewed you, it was for lack of a better term, it was very subjective. It yeah, was pretty it was. much like, hey, we know him and we like him. Sure, like you can, you can yeah, do you, it. You can do it. And then what happened is we just get called. Hey, I want to do this. Hey, I think I should. And 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 yeah, we want it to be a call out. We wanted to pick those guys, but it, it becomes a point where we don't get to see everybody, so we don't know. You know, right. we we aren't able to judge everything out there, but we want everybody to, if they think they can compete, to be able to have that chance. And that's what the qualifier will do is is they get to put up against the other 50 guys that think they have a chance, and those top five will move on to 2019. Well, and it goes back to, like you said, if you, maybe the amateur or you're, <clears throat> excuse me, in a small shop, and you're trying to get your name out there, and you've got a badass truck that you're ready to run – Enter a UCC qualifier is five hundred bucks to be get a chance to be on the biggest stage in the diesel motorsports industry. Oh yeah, there's no better way to make a name for yourself, and the whole part of the whole purpose of the UCC and uh, the DPI Expo is to grow the industry, to you know make innovation happen and give opportunities and. That's what I what I think the qualifier does. Well, I'll tell you what, it's quickly becoming the profession of diesel. Like this this is the way to make this sport a, a professionalized sport because we do have things like um, 
we, we have some sort of basic rules around who can be in and who can't. We have a way to get in. We have a way to grow into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also now are starting to have a huge purse that I'm, I'm hearing about. Can you tell me a little bit about how the payout structure works? Um, yeah. So <clears throat> well, I can kind of give you a brief overview of what we're doing. So this year we'll have up to – our purse will be up to $190,000 in payouts. <laughs> Um, we do this because we realize that the competitors are part of the reason the people are coming to see this. They are the athletes. The big reason they're coming the to see The big reason, this. yeah. They are the athletes <clears throat> that they're coming out to see. Um, so we're doing a couple different things. Obviously, we have the big purses for winning the dyno, the drags, the sled pull, and then the overall. But in addition to that, we have a uh, minimum. Yeah, we have a scaled – what we did is you you have some guys that this will be their first year. Right. So we're setting up, hey, if you you dyno X amount of horsepower, you you hit this time drag racing and pull this far, you're guaranteed this money anyway. So so it helps them have something they can get anyways even if it didn't put them into the, the big payouts. But what we did is is we – if it's our second year, we're going to times that total by two. So it's going to then reward those guys that, you know, the, the fire punks, the, the Derek Rose, you know, the, um, uh, Donovan with, uh, armor Inc and Lenny, those guys that are, that are investing their time into coming to this event that it, it, it times it for them in the back run. So the more they do it, the bigger that payout can be guaranteed each time for them. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. awesome. Now there's some real drive to get the competitors there and to keep them coming back, mm-hmm. right? Because we've all talked about the economics of this. And to be honest with you, no matter how big, even if you got the biggest payout and you won everything and you won all of the the, the overall and like you just you maxed out your payouts at this event, it probably still doesn't cover the cost of the truck. <laughs> oh, no. And that's where it's nice where – where I've had a shop in the background, we built those trucks too. So I, I totally know what they go through. So that's why we know, I mean, we've had people made comments when they, they saw what the winning check was, which was 20000 but that was only part of the purse that LeVon won. But I know it doesn't pay for that truck, not even close to it. But I do know that at least, you know, I think he was close to, uh, you know, 35, over 35, I think, totals what he walked away with. But that's, that's more than a lot of the drag racing or any of the sled stuff will do yeah. for years if you went to it, you know. So yeah. at least in, – and a lot of these guys are building a truck for their shop anyways. But we want to recognize that we know they're investing their time into that truck and money-wise and even time away from family. So we're trying to – it would be really cool if we could keep evolving this this performance industry to where it, be, it can pay out even more to benefit those guys that are sacrificing those times. So maybe it can turn into, you know, 10 years from now, it's like a NASCAR, you know, yeah. where those guys are are, are sponsored and, and they're getting the money just to go compete, which people look at the competition, but that helps innovate and drive our industry that makes better product for the everyday guy. You know, that, that stuff will slowly work its way back down. We're, you know, these manufacturers are have to make – better product to handle the power these guys are making, you know, so they're, they're making better products for even the end guy to end up using in the industry. So that's something we would hope it grows to, you know, that's why we really try to include our competitors in things. I mean, winning's one thing in in the payouts and the times, but we we do other things for them that we're going to start this year too, that if you're going to support your, your guy that's been called out your shop, you know, your competitor that 
starting in January, they're going to have codes to get you a discount on your ticket to attend the UCC. So if you go and use that ticket, that's going to support those guys because we're going to do something on the back end for all those tickets that that they're help pushing people to come to the event too. So they're going to get a piece of that. So those those competitors you want to support it, you know, in January, you're going to see a, a coupon from them. You can go out and get on those. As long as the competitors share it, you'll be able to go and use it and get your tickets at a discount. That's so cool. I love that. All right. And then also, like, let's just talk about ticket sales in general. Uh, you guys are projecting a little bit more growth this year over last year. Is that Can I say that's a correct assumption? <clears throat> Yeah, um, yeah, we're, we're looking at a little bit bigger crowd, which we're excited for. I mean, I can't say we're not. Um, so first three months, um, our sales are up 200% over last year in ticket Holy sales. Shit. And we're seven months still out or six months still out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of excitement around it. Um, Is there a capacity? Is there only so many tickets you can sell? No. Nope. Lucas Oil Raceway can fit something like I mean, they hold NHRA Nationals there, so it's way more than we'll probably ever get there. <laughs> I think they said they can sit, in, at least in the main stadium, something like 60,000 people, 80,000. It was crazy. I remember asking Mike from Lucas Oil Raceway, you know, how many can you fit? And it was some huge amount. So we're not worried. At least at the drag strip, you know, there'd have to be some work in the circle track because I think it holds like 15,000 people. So, but yeah. we should be right there. They have some overflow stuff they can do for us too, but... As of right now, it's the only place we shouldn't outgrow it, hopefully, for a little bit. No, and, <laughs> and while we're on it, thank you to our uh, fans and competitors. Uh, Lucas Oil Raceway let us know that we were the second largest event they held this year after Nationals. That we is were so number cool. two, and, and that wow. that's thanks to the competitors and the fans and the industry in general. So Sponsors. Yeah, and, yeah. And just everyone. So thank you to all them while, while we're here. Absolutely. Um, there have been some rule changes since last year. As long as we're talking about things from last year to this year, uh, let's dive into it. So I know one of the things I had heard a few guys talk about is leaving the show uh, to work on the truck. So the truck comes in Thursday, Friday, whatever day they show up there. And then Saturday, Friday night, they have a problem. So Saturday or Friday night, they haul the truck to a local shop, they work on it, and they bring it back. Yeah, that that's competitors what's happened in the last were surprisingly <laughs> upset about this. Yeah, if they were in which it, it, it does create an unfair advantage for those shops that are close here, which we we totally understand. And we've tried to really keep the rules. I mean, it is, and, and we get reminded on on social media. It's supposed to be the ultimate call out challenge. We get that, so we try to keep the rules safety wise and just competition wise. Those are the rules we're we're going to try to base everything around. And what we did. This time, too, is we got with the top 10. So we know you're coming back. So the top 10 that are coming back, okay, what rules do you guys think we need to change? Um, what do you suggest we change? And then we just let all those top 10 in one email, they get a vote. So everybody gets to see who said what and, and how it goes. So um, that was one of the ones they wanted. They wanted all the repairs to have to be done on site. I love which, that. Which is like a NASCAR. You know, yeah. you, you can put a new motor in it if you blow a motor, but it's got to be done there. You can put a new tranny in it, but it's got to be done there. So that was a pretty simple rule that almost all of them wanted to do. That's so cool. I mean, I do see that because – and the other thing there was like I had talked a lot about watching – different competitors work on their trucks at the event. So like walking back to XDP who three guys yelling, sawzalls running, wrenches <laughs> flying, like they were just, I mean, they were at a mad dash, but every booth that had a problem was like that. Even, even Levon at one point wrapped up a, a, 
a divider around his stuff so his guys could just work on the truck. Um, but everybody who, who competed that had issues had to go back into the pit, and they were tearing stuff apart, and fans were able to walk up and actually maybe not participate but actually see what really goes into this yeah. because it is painstaking to put all of that work into a truck and then get there to the event and lose a turbo. Yeah. Or or something, or trans, or whatever else, right? Like, we saw a million transes go. Um, it, it was. It was heartbreaking to see that happen. So, to know that, like, now fans are going to get to actually see some of these repairs go on or be able to, like, actually talk to these guys and put everybody on that same playing field to where it is it is much more honest competition at that point. Well, and we've been asked, too, and, and it's where do you, by still keeping it as the ultimate call-out challenge, where do you place those rules? So, is it one motor? Well, what's the difference between one motor and one tranny, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a rear end blows up on, on someone. So that until the top 10 says, hey, we want it to be just one motor, it's just going to stay the way it is because you just have, unfortunately, some things happen. But like you say, a guy doesn't want to work all through the winter to then, you know, say he lifts a head. So where's the limitation on what's considered a motor? You know, is right. it just replacing the head gasket or, you know, just pulling the head off? It, it, it It's trying to find where we limit those rules too. So as of now, it's long as they can fix it at the, at the racetrack, then, then anything goes, which they want to put on a show. Like you said, they, they've spent all winter. They don't want to come and have one run and, and the tranny blows and now he's done. You know, that, that sucks for him and it sucks for the attendees. Yeah. Absolutely. So this way, as long as they're willing to, you know, to go in and fix it, they get to do it. I'm pretty sure if we would have had the one tranny, one motor last year the, by the sled pulls, you would have seen two trucks pull. Yeah. That's what I was uh, just going to say. Two trucks no pulling, and one was the test truck for the sled. So <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> so. No, it is. I mean, well, I, I think it brings up something that maybe a lot of us don't like to hear, which is that this competition is not about a purpose-built truck. It's not about who has the best sled pull truck or who has the fastest drag race truck or who's going to make the most on the dyno. It's about all three. It's about having a, a, a truck. And realistically, everybody we've talked to, it's about having a team yeah. that can keep that truck together yeah. for three days. Teams and they are the three thing. grueling fucking days. Yeah, it's it's definitely a team. They And then like Firepunk and, and those the Derek Roses and Armor Inc., those guys that are finishing towards, it's a team. For yeah. sure it's a team. They've got great teams that help them do that. Yeah, well, even, and, you know, ahead. we had even after our wrap-up video, we had a great video where we interviewed some of the drivers. I can't remember – Often they said, you know, it's tough on the trucks, it's tough on the people. I mean, that's Snyder. It was at Snyder. Yeah, it was yeah. Snyder. Yeah. Say, yeah, you know, it's tough on the trucks, it's tough on the people. I mean, it's one and the same, but you know, it, it's fun. It, you know, they, it's just a good time. Well, that's it. I, I don't think there's a better way to wrap it up. No. Oh, Chris is here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like weird, you know, these interviews, because I, I wasn't there last year. I wasn't there last year, so I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get that feel. Yeah, <laughs> you're really just listening, just I'm soaking this in. i everything. You know, I feel like I was there, so fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you had one year just yeah, dozed done. off I'm over done. there. Right. It's well, like almost time to go home. Chris, yeah. you, you will be going this year because yeah. Diesel Performance Podcast we are the official podcast of the Ultimate Call Challenge. We are the dick swingers there for <laughs> the pot, for the media. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? 
So yeah, we appreciate legit. you guys too. We, we appreciate we you wanting us. All, yeah, all the help in, in interviewing the competitors. And I think you guys are going to reach out to some of the competitors, qualifiers. We, yeah. we appreciate that. That's more people that know, the, the better exposure we all get. Yeah. And I think we're just excited that you guys are podcasting, not video after being in the same room with you. That's, <laughs> that's huge for yeah, us, especially sure. you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> right there, buddy. It's like the eighth guest to say that to you, man. <laughs> you have a face for radio, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> on that note <laughs> on that note guys we are available on Stitcher iTunes Spotify YouTube please subscribe I want to say that again please subscribe so you can get every single episode uh, we are going to be making a mad dash for events this in the next coming two to four months yeah. uh, we'll be interviewing competitors we'll be interviewing vendors we'll be interviewing uh, qualifiers we'll be interviewing uh, KJ Jones from Diesel Power Challenge we'll yeah. be interviewing Rick uh, from Exergy and all sorts of other stuff so please make sure you subscribe if you want to rate and review us as well that'd be great we also after doing uh, the episode just a few weeks ago here uh catching up on all of our facebook inquiries and responses chris is doing a much better job of staying on top of those haven't touched it so hopefully we won't have to do an episode again in four months where we have to condense all those together again uh if you haven't heard it that was probably now one of my new favorites uh that was a great episode that was chris. a lot of fun it was it was a blast uh we are excited to see everybody out in indianapolis i'm sorry that's actually what's the city Brownsburg. Brownsburg. Yeah, just outside Brownsburg, yeah. Just outside of Brownsburg, Indiana. Uh, May 4th, 5th, and 6th. Yes, sir. Look at that. I'm going, and now I know the dates. It's amazing. I'm surprised. (laughs) This has been Paul Wilson. Chris Emke. James. Chris Searle. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or chris at cehmke at duramaxtuner.com. You could also reach him by phone. Chris's extension is 2121. Paul's is 2122. And that's don't run two-stroke oil in your LB7 to get rid of the haze at idle. Hell yeah. Been there, done that. (laughs) Don't buy a truck for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, that is a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just had to. Fucking Chris. It's so funny because it's true.